You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org.
Good morning, LWC. I'm Rob Walker. I'm one of the elders here. And we miss you very much. We look forward to when we get to see you in person and worship together again. Just want to make sure you guys know that. 
So this morning, we feel it's very important. We have communion, so we're going to do a communion service. So if you'll join me, we have a little bit to uh, talk about. Pastor's preaching out of Romans, and uh, I have a few passages here to read out of Romans, and I think it'll go real well and hopefully explain a few things. So we learned in God's Word, communion is to be done in remembrance of Him. Well, just what did Christ do for us? Let's think about that for a minute. So let's look at a few passages, and if you'll follow me, let's go to Romans 3.23 first, and... It's, this is known as the Romans Road. There's a few passages that if we start at 323 and then we'll read that. And at the top of that on your page, if you're comfortable writing in your Bible, write the next verse that you're going to and then you can always find where you're going. But let's begin with Romans 323. It tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So who's sinned? We've all sinned and we've all fallen short. Now, you can write at the top of the page, Romans 6.23, and let's flip over there. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then from there, we write on the top of that page, Romans 5.8, and we'll go to that passage, see what that tells us. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Okay, right at the top of that page, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. And lastly, we're going to go to 10.13. Just drop down a few verses. It tells us, For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you've done this, you belong to the Lord. You're a believer. And communion is for you. He commands all of his, his children of God, to, to follow the ordinance of communion. So, so as we as we remember him, how do we how do we go about that? So we pause and we reflect, and we slow down and we think about things. So as you consider yourselves and and your life, look inwardly and. Confess, this, confess your sins to the Lord and after you've done this praise him and give him gratitude for what he's done for us and we, we're so thankful what Christ has done for us on the cross so if you'll um, take your bread and follow with me verse 19 out of Luke 22 says and we had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Pray with me. Father God, I just thank you so much for going to the cross and praying for the, the 
penalty of our sins. Lord, we know the wages of sin is death, and we know that we're all sinners. We need you, and we thank you for uh, redeeming us on the cross for what you've done. We thank you for breaking your body and loving us that much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you'll take the cup, it says, in the same way he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Let's pray. Father, again, we just thank you for the blood that you shed for us that we might be able to spend eternity with you and come into a relationship with you right now. We just thank you so much, Lord, for the, how deeply you love us and how much you showed it to us on the cross. So we just uh, thank you and we praise your name. And we just uh, commit this time to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. Hey, you haven't really been yourself lately. Are you sure everything's all right? Yeah, dude. Fine. Well, just know you have friends that care about you. It's just hard for us seeing you pretend like nothing is wrong. I sure nothing's wrong. I'm great. You know, if you keep ignoring this, things are just going to keep spiraling out of control. I told you, I am fine. You can't keep ignoring the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Everything's fine. Mom, what are you doing in here? Alex, James, Harrison, what are these? Those are mine, I, I swear. Well, then whose are they? Um... Alex, this is the third time you haven't turned your work in. You seem distracted lately. Hey, so would you want to go on a date with me this Friday? To be honest, I don't really date guys like you. What is that supposed to mean? You're caught up in some bad stuff. I mean, it's not like it controls me. I swear, I have everything under control. Alright guys, everyone have a good week? Alex, how about you, bud? Well, actually, I... You know what? I have something I need to confess. Now this will be shipped as far as the east is from the west. But remember, you must always be on guard. I know that you will have people here to help keep you accountable. Thanks, guys. It feels great to finally get this off my chest. Dude. Can we please talk about the elephant in the room? What are you talking about? So today we're going to talk about that elephant that's in the room. 
Uh, we're going to talk about that subject that no one wants to talk about, uh, the subject of sin. And it's important for us to talk about that subject because for you to understand how amazing the love of God is, we have to understand just how destructive the life of sin is. And uh, from someone that knows uh, that when you're living in sin, that it, it corrupts you, it, it, it destroys relationships, it destroys uh, your, your, your life as a person individually, uh, I, we can talk about this from, a, from the perspective of, hey, I've been there. And, uh, and the Apostle Paul, as he's writing the, the letter to the church in Rome, he wants for us to know that as well. God wants for us to know that there's a big difference. There's a reason that Jesus came to this earth uh, to die on the cross, that, that Calvary was important. And if there would have been any other way, that uh, God would have chosen another way. But the only way that we can deal with this, this elephant, this, this destructive gorilla in our lives is through the blood of Jesus. You see, sin has a way of, uh, of corrupting us and, uh, and making our, our, not only our physical health, uh, because we don't present our bodies as living sacrifices unto God, and so we use our bodies as instruments of things that are really not righteous, really not good, uh, to our emotional health where uh, we're tore up in, inside and our, our heart becomes more deceitful than any other thing. And out of our heart, emotionally, uh, we do things and things are done to us that destroys us internally. Uh, but spiritually, where, where our relationship with our Heavenly Father is severed because of, of sin, uh, then it, it really uh, destroys every aspect of our, of our spiritual life where relationships are, uh, with others are destroyed because of unforgiveness and bitterness and anger, all the things that we deal with. And then that brings uh, maybe something that's just as important or more important, the relationship that we have with ourselves, uh, that we don't accept ourselves. We, we're, sh we're shamed. Uh, we live in shame. We live a guilt-ridden life. And that's what the cross came to deliver us from. But we've got to look at what sin does. Uh, the Apostle John helps us here. The Apostle John wrote uh, in one of his first letters. Uh, he said this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. He said, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take our sins. That's exactly where Paul is getting to in, in, in the part that we're going to be reading today in the book of Romans. Uh, we're going to talk about the cause and effect of sin. And I don't know about you, but sin has robbed my life of a lot of good things. Sin has taken all the, the God-inspired uh, attributes that, that I could be walking in, and, and, it's, and it's brought destruction, uh, destroyed relationships, uh, destroyed uh, 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 just uh, aspirations and dreams. And, and sin, if you, if you think about it, sin will continually take. It'll take and take and take as long as we allow it. Um, later in, the, in the, the letter of, of Paul to the Romans, in chapter 6, he says this. He said, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And there's a contrast. On one side, we see that sin pays. Sin pays. It, it pays us with, with hatred. 
It pays us with, with anxiety. It pays us with, with uh, uh, emotional instability. Uh, and, and, the, and the contrast of that is that, uh, that we get gifted by God life. And not only life, which is eternal, we're going to be with God forever, but, but an abundant life, life to the fullest. And, and Jesus said, I, I, I came to give you life, uh, but not only life, but life abundantly. Uh, and so we grab a hold of how important that is to each one of us. And I believe God has a word for you. I believe God wants to speak into your life and he wants to speak into your sin and he wants to come and, and take that sin from you and a, a allow for you to deal with it we all need god we need jesus because he's the deliverer of the things that the enemy wants to do in our lives the, the he wants to accomplish destruction in our lives he comes to steal all the good God-given things. He wants to, to, to kill all the, the wonderful attributes that God has for us. And he wants to destroy our lives. But God is bigger than that. And you need to know that, beloved, that God is bigger than that. And, and I, I think about what, where we're living at today. Sometimes the, the, the physical seasons that we're in speak about the, the, the spiritual uh, seasons that we're in. And we're living right now in, in this pandemic. It's, just, it's not affecting the United States. It's affecting our world. And, and, and this, this, this pandemic, this coronavirus, this COVID-19, uh, it's bizarre. It's doing things to people. I talked to a, to a, a doctor friend of ours, and, and, and she, she works in, uh, in Albuquerque in, in one of the hospitals. And she talked to our, our elders and, and mentioned how, how she's been dealing with the ICU unit and, and COVID and how, how it's brought uh, uh, so many destructive things into people's lives. And that's exactly what sin does. And the remedy, as we look at COVID, you know, they're, they're looking for this, for this cure. They're looking for this vaccine. And, 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 and we're taking precautions. We sanitize. We, we cleanse our hands with sanitizer more than I ever have before. We, we put a mask on to protect us from that virus. But the thing about sin is that the only thing that can cleanse us from sin is the blood of Jesus. And the only thing that can cover us from the infection and all the bacteria of sin is to put on and clothe ourselves with the righteousness of Christ. And so we, 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 we find out just, just how important it is for us to, to, to walk this out, to, to us to recognize sin for what it really is. Because the Apostle Paul teaches us that, that he had to illustrate, he had to, to, to write it out very clearly, what does sin do? What does it cause and how does it affect us? And so we go to uh, chapter 3, verse uh, 10 through 18. And, and in that, we're going to see exactly uh, what Paul is describing. And, and it's going to help us to, to, to walk this, this newness that we can have in Christ out. Because we're going to recognize that gorilla that's in our room. We're going to recognize that elephant that's in our home, that's in our life. And, and we're going to overcome it through through the power of Jesus Christ. But I want to pray a blessing over our message today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace and we thank you, Lord God, that your word is true. Lord, it, it's a lamp unto our feet in dark places that keeps us from stumbling and being tripped up. So Father, I pray your blessing over me as I speak. I, I'm, I'm your messenger, Lord God, and just that. I'm one that falls short of the glory 
and your standards, Lord God. But I come to you now asking for you to speak to us through your word. Use me as a vessel that brings glory unto you. And I pray for every person listening. I pray for, uh, for you to bring transformation, for you to bring uh, just a, 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 the ability for them to, to understand how much you love them and for them to walk out this love through the grace of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name, and we all say amen. So Paul starts out and he says, As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips, or the venom of vipers. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their path are ruin and misery. And the way of, of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And this passage shows us how, how we all miss a mark outside of our faith in Jesus Christ. Paul is, is, is going to the Old Testament and he's, and he's bringing out the, the, the clear scriptures to help us understand who we are as people without God. And there's a cause and there's an effect. And there's, there's three things that I want to bring forth that I think is going to help us to navigate going forward. The first thing that we need to, to really understand is that sin is a downward spiral. In fact, if you don't get sin corrected, it'll take you lower and lower and lower where, where your standard, you, the, 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 the line of your standard and, and how you live your life, you'll, you'll lower the standard lower and lower and lower. Just look at society and see where, where, where sin wants to take us. Where we'll do things that, that, that when we really think about it, there are things that are destructive. There are things that destroy lives. There are things that destroy people. It takes us to darker places, Darker and darker and darker. Before you know it, you're looking through a lens that is so dark and corrupt that you're doing things that, that when you look back, you say, why in the world did I do that? How could I, how could I have done that? You see, sin does damage. Not only does it damage us, but it, but it damages us as God's prized creation. We are the apple of God's eye. We are so special to God. And we see that from the very beginning. We see that, that God loves people. He, he loved his, his, uh, his masterpiece uh, the, he, when he created Adam and Eve and they had their children. He, he, he loved them. He had, he, he, everything that he created for them was good in the, in the garden. And, and, and when sin entered into their life, when they, when they made that choice, and all of us do, uh, they began to spiral downward and... and uh, Adam and Eve had two sons. One son was named Cain. The other one was named Abel. And they had a sibling rivalry. And the, 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 the rivalry was not between Abel and Cain. It was between Cain and Abel. And, and Cain allowed for, 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 for this, to, this envy, this jealousy, this strife to enter into his life. And all of us have probably come to the, that place one time or another in our lives. And here's what God told Cain. He says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. 
And, and what we find from, from the story of, of Abel and Cain is that, that sin starts knocking at our door at a very young age. And, and you've noticed that, that when, when sin starts to knock, if we don't stop that sin that is crouching at our, our door, if we don't, if we don't let it, uh, uh, if we don't overrule it through the power of God, it will overtake us. What happened in Cain's life is that he killed his brother Abel. And from that, it was a, a life of, of destruction that spiraled downward and downward and downward. And his, his lineage, his family was affected. It happens to all of us as, as we allow sin to continue to knock on the door of our lives. And if we don't deal with it, everyone else sees it. And it leads us in our lives to spiral down into darker places, into more destructive places. And we need the help of God. You know, the message puts it like this. It says, uh, it says basically all of us, whether we're insiders, that, that would be Jews, or outsiders, that would be Gentiles, we start out in identical conditions, which is to say that we all start out as sinners Scripture leaves no doubt about it. There's, there's nobody living right, not even one. Nobody who knows the score. Nobody alert for God. They've all taken the wrong turn. They, they've all wandered down blind alleys. You see, all of, us, all of us start out the same in life. All of us start out from the premise of a sinful nature. And when you start out in life, uh, you start out by making bad choices. At one day... Or another. And I think about it like the game of golf. Uh, if you've ever played golf, you understand that it's very difficult to hit it right down the middle on the fairway. And so when you start out, you're either going to hit it right or you're going to hit it left. And when you, when you hit it right, it's called a slice. When you hit it to the left, it's called a hook. And when you first start out, you don't hit the ball very far, so you end up on the right side of the fairway. Or you hit it to the left and you, hit on the, you go to the left side of the fairway. But before you know it, you're hitting the ball further. And if you don't get that slice corrected, you end up on another fairway or in the out of bounds. And if you hit it and you hook it and you hit it further, you end up in another fairway or you end up out of bounds. And that's exactly how sin is. If we don't get sin corrected, we might start out by being on our fairway on the right side or the left side. But as we grow, as we get older, as we continue to do this sin, we end up in someone else's fairway, which is not where we're supposed to be. We end up with our life out of bounds. Instead of us having the, the safety and the boundaries and the loving boundaries of God and allowing those to protect us from what the enemy wants to do, we end up stepping outside of that and going into places that are going to destroy others and destroy us. And it's a downward spiral. We, we spiral downward because sin does that to people. And remember that we, 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 we try to fall into these categories. That's why Paul said, you know, that, that uh, uh, unashamed transgressor. You say, you know what, I don't care. You put this, this, this wall and you don't care what people say. That's exactly what, what the unashamed transgressor is. Or, or you're the moralist. You fall into this category and you say, well, you know what, I'm not as bad as this person. I'm not as bad as that person. And so you fall into your, your defense mechanism of being a good person. Or you fall into the other category of being a religious person. 
and you say, you know what, I follow this religion. We do this and we do this, and this is what we do for God. But the reality of it is, is that sin is still crouching at our door. And the only remedy to that dilemma is not the unashamed transgressor and saying, I don't care what anyone says. And it's not the moralist who says, I'm a good person, I'm not as bad as them. And it's not the religious person that says, I follow this religion or I follow that religion. Because none of them can cure the disease that we have. And that's sin. The only one that's a remedy is Jesus Christ. And we're living right now in a, in a season in our lives that many of us have never been in before. In this pandemic where COVID-19 and coronavirus has impacted not our, not our country, but impacted our world. And so people are taking safety precautions. Now think about it. Because they don't want to be infected by this unseen virus. And people wash their hands. And people put masks on. Right? But the reality is that the only remedy for that has not been found. And that's how sin is. We, we, we put, we put uh, you know, uh, the, 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 we try to cleanse ourselves. And, and the only thing that will cleanse us is going to be Jesus. The only thing that's going to protect us is going to be Jesus Christ. Jesus said this. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And the longer that we live in sin, the longer that we live with sin. And have you noticed that the longer that we live with sin, the more comfortable it becomes to sin. We get addicted. And it could be hard drugs. You know, the, the, you start out doing uh, uh, heroin or you start doing uh, prescription drugs or you start doing crystal methamphetamines. And before you know it, you're addicted to it. You can't stop. But it doesn't have to be drugs. See, we can get addicted to anger. We can get addicted to pride. We can get addicted to slander. We can get addicted to being selfish or sexual immorality. And, and every single one of these things, there is a, a downward spiral. You, 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 end up, you start out one place and you end up in another place. In a darker place, in a more lonely place. In a place that's destroying you and destroying others. There's a, a famous psychiatrist whose name was uh, Dr. Carl Menninger. He, he co-founded the, the Menninger Clinic. It's a very uh, a famous place that helps so many people out. And he wrote a book entitled, Whatever Became of Sin. Now, what's important about this is that he's a psychiatrist. He's not a pastor. He's not an evangelist. But what he found out is that after his uh, years of practice and thousands of patients that he helped, he saw that sin destroys people. And there's a part of that book, uh, Whatever Became of Sin, where he, where he deals with hatred. And he says, the long-term consequences of hate are self-destruction. And then he brings scripture into it. He says, thus, the wages of sin are really death. I want you to think about that with me. When, when you've wallowed in hatred, think about what it does to your heart. Think about what God's word says. It says, do not let the sun go down on your anger or your wrath because then you'll give the enemy a foothold. If you don't deal with that, with that sin, if you don't deal with that hatred, it'll destroy you. The enemy of your life 
wants to come and lead you on a downward spiral. The second thing that's important is that sin is personal. What I've come to find out is that sin affects every area of my life. It has a way of permeating my entire body, which then impacts everything that I do. Now, notice what Paul writes. He says, their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of of vipers or asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Every, Every part of our lives begins to be impacted when we sin. The way that we walk, the way that we think, the way that we begin to talk, and the way that we live our lives. And we're either going to be impacted by God through the gospel, or we're going to be impacted by sin by rejecting the gospel. And the message paraphrase puts it like this. It says, their throats are gaping graves. Their tongues slick as mudslides. Every word they speak is tinged with poison. They open their mouth and pollute the air. They, they race for the honor of sinner of the year. They litter the land with heartbreak and ruin. They don't know the first thing about living with others. They never give God the time of day. You see, it sounds to me like a downward spiral where every part of our body is affected. When the master created us, he created our bodies to be impactful for the goodness of who he is. You know, there are parts of our body, if you think about it, that are given to speak blessings over people. There are are parts of our body that are given to touch and comfort people around us or to give a handshake. And now in the season that we're in, we give a pound. But it doesn't matter. We, We use our hands to help and not to hurt. And that's what God... That's how he designed it. Other parts of our body are given to to walk us over to be a source of strength and encouragement across the street to our neighbors, across the city to someone in need, or to drive us with a foot pedal across the state to someone who needs the love of God. There are parts of our body given for intimacy with our spouse. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's it's God-given. But if you notice, sin will lead our God-given bodies to speak slander about people and slanderous remarks about people who God created and they're made in His image. Sin will lead us to beat people with our fist and to kick people with our feet and to walk across the street to play havoc in someone's life instead of peace and to drive us across the state instead of being a blessing, we become a curse. We begin to do things out of hatred And instead of honoring people and honoring God, we dishonor people and and not esteem them for who God made them. You know, the Bible tells us that marriage is honorable among all. And the bed is undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Have you noticed that that we we are capable of of doing some, some pretty bad things? We're we're capable of doing good things. The marriage bed is undefiled. In other words, the touch that God gave us is a blessing to our spouse, and it should be a blessing to us. But sometimes we go outside of what God has designed, 
and we do things that are inappropriate. And that sin destroys lives, not only our lives, but people around us. Not only people around us, but our country and our society. And the remedy is Jesus. The remedy is God. And, and, and here's what I want you to know, because we learn this from Scripture, and we learn this from experience. Sometimes we think that, you know, when, when we talk about the depraved sinner, you know, all of us are depraved, and we are. We think, you know, I'm, I'm not that bad, and, and, and the things that I do are not, not, not that bad. And I love uh, what J.I. Packer wrote. Uh, J.I. Packer wrote in Experiencing God. Uh, he wrote that book, and a wonderful theologian. He just passed away recently, but a great Bible scholar. And he said this. He says, on the one hand, no one is as bad as he or she might be, while on the other, no action of ours is as good as it should be. In other words, we, we, we kind of fall short. You know, our, the, the, the things that we do, they're not as bad as, as that they could be, but they're not as good as they could be. Can I tell you why? Because without Jesus Christ in your life, we miss a mark. But when the Holy Spirit comes and begins to make his home in us and begins to live in us, it's amazing what we can do because it's not us. It's God. It's not James Reese that does these good things. It's Jesus Christ working through the power of the Holy Spirit, working through my hands, uh, walking through my feet, speaking through my mouth. In fact, when, 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 when the greatest things are done in my life, it's all glory to God because I could not do them in my own ability. Because there's sin that is trying to come into my life. There's sin, whether it's, it's good sin or bad sin, all sin will destroy me and it will destroy you. The third thing that we need to grab a hold of is sin is universal. And just like this virus is impacting our world with sickness, with fear, and with death, there is a physical manifestation to something we don't see. Sin affects every race, every neighborhood, every country, and every government. Paul, Paul spelled it out like this. He said, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. The cause of people living independently of God and the effect is doing things that don't honor God or each other. The, 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 the cause of sin is that people try to live their lives independently of God and the effect is that we do things that don't honor God and don't honor each other. But God doesn't just show us the problem. And that's what I love about Jesus. He gives us the solution. I want to go back to the scripture that I opened with as I begin to close. This is real love. Not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take our sins. You see, if there could have been any other way, Jesus would not have come. But there is no other way for you or for me to deal with that elephant that's in the room, to, to deal with that gorilla that's destroying your life and destroying my life. See, God loved me before I ever did anything right. 
And God continues to love me even when I don't do everything right. Till the day that I die, God is going to be there for me to help me and strengthen me. And Jesus' sacrifice is the good news. The good news that he loved me and he loves you. I love the way that Brian Welch put it. Brian Welch said this. He said, the most important lesson that we're supposed to be learning right now is how completely lost we are without God. If we don't learn this lesson, then our lives are going to have zero meaning. Here, here's a, the, the, the bass player of, of the, the mega band called Korn. Here's a guy that's all tatted up. Here's a guy that, that, that lived his life uh, just living for himself and partying, just like some of us who have come out of that life. Here's a guy that said that there is no meaning without Jesus Christ in your life. And here's what I want you to know. That there will never be any meaning worth anything without Jesus Christ in your life. But you have to come to the place where you admit that you're a sinner. That elephant in the room, you've got to recognize it. Remember the ABCs? It's as easy as ABC. There's an elephant and a gorilla in your room, and you need to admit it. You need to admit that you fall short of the glory of God. Uh, you know, you, you also have to believe in someone greater. Someone greater than your sin. The, the, the things that you want to do, you don't do. The things that you don't want to do, those things you do. But praise be to God that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. As you believe in Jesus, he begins to come into your life. You can trust in one who's bigger than your sin. And the sea is confess him as your Lord and follow him from this day forward. Doesn't matter what you've done. If you confess him as your Lord, and you choose to follow him, you're walking in his steps, not yours. That's why it's so important for us to turn around from where we're going and follow him because I'm going to follow his steps and let him guide me to where I need to be. And so I believe that many of you today are going to make a, a pub public declaration of faith. You're going to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's simple. It's just, Father, thank you for you being a loving God. Today I admit that I'm a sinner. Today I admit that I need a Savior. Today I put my trust, believing that Jesus Christ is the Savior of my soul. I confess Him as my Lord. I believe that, that Lord, you went to the cross and you died for all of my sins. All the transgressions, all the, 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 the failures that I have in my life, you died for them and you forgave me of all of the, the past and all of the sins of the present and all of the sins in the future. You're going to forgive me and wash me clean. And I confess you as my Lord. And I choose to follow you from this day forward. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you took that big step and you prayed that prayer, and you receive Jesus as your Savior, you are in the family of God. And all of us together, we're kicking that gorilla out of your room. We're pushing that elephant out of the room in the name of Jesus Christ. And we believe that your abundant life starts today. We believe that, that God's going to do great things in your life. And we want to be a church here at Living Word Chapel that is here to encourage you, that we're here to strengthen you, strengthen you, and we're here to, to just cheer you on. 
And so thank you for being a part of, of, of this service. And we're just believing that God has a mighty plan for you. Um, please, uh, as we say always, put your uh, emoji praise hand saying, hey, I received Jesus today. Or put down, today I gave my life to Jesus. I said yes to Jesus. And we're going to just rejoice with you. God has an awesome plan for your life. And he loves you very much. And so do we. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.